How many of you are personally a testimony to the fact that God changed? There we go. Amen. Our stories have been changed by the gospel, by the good news of the gospel. Brought my hat up here because this is the perfect day, right? We gave these out to you as gifts. And this is the perfect day for us to be wearing these, right? Uh, and they stand for Jesus loves you. It's uh, our way to begin, I guess, uh, what we're rolling out this year is in terms of our theme. We're going to be talking about it all month long, what we are uh, about this year. And uh, last year we, we uh, were digging into being rooted, and uh, many of you went through the rooted class with us to get uh, deeper roots in your walk and relationship with the Lord. And then... Um, we are doing another one of those this year. We'll be announcing it later in January for those of you who'd like to go. I think uh, 11 or 12 went through it uh, with Amanda and I, uh, the Rooted class. It was just fantastic. We want to continue to get you deeper in your faith. But this year's theme, and if you in the back, if you guys have, uh, go down maybe to the announcements, you might have uh, the picture where we're saying all of the gospel for all of the people. And that is kind of what we are going to be about uh, this year, taking all the gospel to all the people. We believe God has strategically placed you where you are, in the, in the neighborhood that you're in, the job you're in, the school you're in, uh, the church you're in. And He has been very strategic about it so that we could all take the gospel. But all of the gospel that will be thematic this year, we're talking about not the gospel that has been um, kind of crafted by culture to fit and, and make, make it easy, uh, for us to to work in things that may not be a part of the gospel message, but we're going to be talking about all of the gospel, and we're going to be taking talking about taking it to all of the people, right? Well, there's been a um, a lot of of sickness. Our phone has rang off the hook. Um, a lot of uh, emails about that, and majority of it has been uh, cedar fever. Anybody ever had that? That's been uh, a lot of fun, and, and one of the reasons, three days ago, I saw it was 100% uh, cedar pollen in the air. We went from 20% to 100%. Hit me, I still have some residuals of that. So if you were breathing three days ago, you were breathing uh, pollen from cedar trees, which incidentally are not natural to this environment here. Um, this was uh, once just a grassy plains land, and um, then people decided it would be fun to bring things here that don't belong here. Same thing happened when we uh, lived in, in Arizona. Uh, I used to have allergic reactions to olive trees. Anybody have olive tree allergies at all? Uh, those are not indigenous to the desert, but people thought they were cool and they brought them and planted them uh, by gazillions. And so all kinds of things now are in the desert that weren't there. People used to move to the desert to get away from allergens and things like that, that and, uh, that, but they brought their plants because, you know, that's, that's a part of what it's all about. So we have that going on. Uh, poor Eleanor, she's had the ear infection. And uh, so you guys be praying with us uh, for her. That's caused some fever and, and uh, her dad is, is with her today. So a lot of uh, patching together to get ready for the kickoff today. You guys are coming out of huge holiday. Some people are still gone, right? Because they have Monday off. And so they're the last uh, bit of celebrating with family. And uh, the most wonderful time of the year is about to start again. That's when you get your kids back in school, right? It's the most wonderful time as you drive them up to the school and drop them off with their lunch. 
families are probably ready, right, for, for kids to go back to school at this point. But it's been a great, great season. And we're so glad you're able to join us. And so we're going to be emphasizing um, this all month long and, on, and as far as we need to to uh, help us understand where we're going as a church this year, right? And one of the things that, we'll, that you'll see happen over the course of the year is we're going to have Invite Sundays. And we'll be talking to you about that next Sunday, uh, about uh, the Invite Sunday for January. And um, we are going to have an Invite Sunday out of every month where we're going to be encouraging you uh, those that you have been sharing your faith with, God has, has lit you like a candle uh, amongst the darkness and uh, wherever you are. And there are people who have been curious about you and your walk with the Lord. And so uh, this will be your opportunity to invite them, right, and, and get them to come with you and see what it's all about. We're going to be praying together over those that we want to see come to Christ. And uh, so we're kicking off a series uh, out of the book of Ephesians. And I initially started to give you a timeline for it, and the Lord put a halt on that and said, we'll be done when we're done. So uh, I don't know how long we're going to be in Ephesians, uh, for sure, uh, the month of January, but we might be going a little bit longer than that. Uh, there is so much to cover. It is a great, great book. And so if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, and uh, we'll be rolling back and forth throughout Ephesians, but this is today is to kind of lay the groundwork for uh, what we're going to be talking about through the, through the book of Ephesians. The series is called The Walk, but then also, uh, in addition to that, it's, it's uh, laying the groundwork, I hope, for us in terms of the theme to take all of the gospel to all of the people. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word as we look at it together? Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Heavenly Father, we're grateful that we can come together in your name, and we are never disappointed. You show up. Your presence has been here all, all through worship. We felt and sensed you. And regardless of what's going on in the environment around us, God, and, and uh, we have lifted up those who are sick in prayer, those who were not able to come to weather the cold today for various reasons, we know, God, that you are meeting with them, both here on campus and online, and your presence is there to bring about transformation, hope, and change. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you as you're seated. Good morning to our online campus as well. Uh, neglected to, to do that in the beginning. We are so glad that you're joining us. Saw the numbers are up, and they generally are when the numbers are down here. They're generally up online. And uh, so spent a moment telling you uh, that we're so glad you're able to join us. Uh, grateful for God's family online and grateful for all of you who are able to be with us today. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the backdrop here. The environment of Ephesus into which Paul went as a proclaimer of the gospel, was a really daunting environment. Ephesus itself was a city that was drawn to all kinds of occult practices. And uh, they were fascinated by magic. And uh, it, was a, it was a city that was uh, filled with sexual immorality. It actually abounded uh, virtually unrestrained. And uh, it's important to, to have that context in mind for ourselves as we think about Paul 
is calling these Christ followers in Ephesus. That's who he's talking to. The Christ followers in Ephesus, in the book of Ephesians, he's calling them to live radically different lives in the framework that challenges them at every point of their life. It is, it is Paul saying to them, I know that it is counterculture to do what I'm asking you to do, the walk that, that, that God's calling us to, but I am calling you to walk differently than the rest of the world around you. Now, when you read uh, Acts chapter 19, you get a little even more background. I want to encourage you to do that this week. So two things, home assignments for you. Read Acts chapter 19, which kind of sets uh, the table for what was going on in Ephesus. It's crazy. It is absolutely insane what happens in just a few verses there in Acts chapter 19. And then also the book of Ephesians. There are, there are only uh, six chapters, so I want to encourage you to read all the way through. And uh, that's, it's not going to take you long to do that this week. And we will be ready together, all right, to go through this study. In, um, in, in uh, uh, Acts chapter 19, Paul enters uh, Ephesus, and, and the first thing he encounters is these, these 12 uh, followers of Jesus Christ. Make themselves known, obviously, probably had heard of the fame and notoriety of Paul. And he challenges them. He says, hey, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we, we haven't. You know, we, we have not even heard about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so he lays hands on them, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and begin to speak in tongues and prophesy. That's the opening there in, in chapter 19 uh, of what's going on there in Ephesus. And then along uh, with that too, there is such enthusiasm over what's happening in the church, and it's the miraculous things that are happening. I mean, they're seeing people healed. They're seeing people delivered from demonic possession. And so people, you know, start wanting to imitate that, Right. They don't want to pay the price to do it right. And so there's a group called the Sons of Sceva. Anybody heard about the Sons of Sceva? There's seven of them and uh, brothers. And, and uh, these guys decided, well, we're going to start our own church. And uh, they don't, they're not necessarily going to start it on Christ. They're not going to learn about uh, what it takes to, to live out and walk out their faith. They just want to do the magic that they see uh, Paul doing and some of these other people doing in, in Christ's name. They want to see people healed. They want to see people delivered. So they go after this guy that's demonically possessed. This is all in, in, in Acts chapter 19. And
Goddess Diana and, uh, and, and little images of her effigies and things like this that people can take home. They can put in their chariots and hang from their windshield. You know, <laughs> and just drive around and, and just, you know, really enjoy. All this craziness is going on in Ephesus, right? And, and Paul is, is thrust right back into the middle of this. And, and so uh, Paul is, is leading, in, in, in the leading voice in his day that's calling out here in Ephesus this major mega place um, of, of uh, commerce, and he's crying out to uh, the to people that will hear that not to worship the creation, but worship the Creator, yeah. the one who made it. Right? He's the one that's in charge of it, and uh, every atom and every element he's in charge of. And um, you know, he, he's he, Paul is is telling them all about this. Now, this would definitely have uh, had an effect on the the retail sales, right? Of, uh, of this supply chain led by Demetrius. And so into town comes Paul, uh, and he's saying to them, all of these little effigies, all these little things that you're worshiping, all the stuff that you've given your attention to, primarily to the goddess Diana Artemis, um, that it's worthless. None of them are true. None of them are true. None of them have the power to change your life. And none of them can answer your prayers. None of them are true. None of them have the power to change your life. And none of them can answer your prayer. And, and it's a rude awakening that's coming to the people there. And he begins to, to proclaim because, you know, a lot of times we fall into these traps where we're doing, you know, uh, what we, um, you know, what is going on culturally. We're just kind of moving along. We're not asking any questions. And when somebody comes, when a preacher of the gospel comes and brings all of the gospel, we start asking some questions. Well, wait a minute. I did pray to Diana, uh, you know, to Artemis. I, I did go to the temple. I did offer sacrifice. And nothing happened. And then Paul's saying it's right because this entity can't answer your prayer. This entity can't change your life. This entity can't make any difference in you. There is only one God, and He has made Himself known supremely in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was, was a, a radical gospel that, that was being preached. And as, as a result of this, a complete riot breaks out. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 19. And this riot begins to unfold. And, and it's, it's pretty hilarious what's going on in this, in this riot. And I'll tell you about it in just a second. But Demetrius is uh, at the heart of leading this riot in, in, uh, with, you know, uh, against Paul's message because he's gathered these... Uh, silversmith guys together. He said, we're going to lose our income because he, I don't know if he even cared about the religion, right? He cared about the money, the greed. And, and he says, hey, let's, let's kill the message and the messenger. Let's do both of those things. And they get together and there's this huge riot that's going on. And thankfully, there's a sort of a sensible town clerk that, that stabilizes things and, and gets them calmed down. But what's going on, and you can read about it in, in um, Acts chapter 19, it says, it literally says this, it says these people, some people were hollering one thing, and the other people were hollering something else. Now tell me if you haven't seen this on the news lately. They were screaming out this thing, and somebody was hollering something else, and, and they suddenly it dawned on them that they didn't even know why they were there. 
because these guys were saying something completely opposite as to why the riot was happening and why they had all gathered than what these guys were saying over here. Oh, I thought we, were, we came here for chocolate ice cream. And he's, oh no, it was vanilla ice cream. Was, they're, they're, they're getting rid of all the vanilla ice cream in, in the city. And so we came here to riot that. And these guys, well, I didn't know that. I, I thought it was the chocolate ice cream. And, you know, and it's, it's on and on. They're just, they have no idea why they're even gathered together. And we see it all the time, don't we? We see people coming together to, to protest or do something against something else. They don't even know why they're there. They have no idea. But they were drawn together and, and they were protesting. And so it made it a little bit easier for this uh, sensible-headed clerk to say, hey, we're going to get in trouble for rioting. And most of us don't even know why we're here. We, we can't even agree as to what we're standing against. They're like, oh, okay, well, let's all go home. <laughs> and so they dissembled and went home. So what Paul is actually doing here in, uh, the, in this chapter uh, 5 here is he's saying uh, to these individuals uh, that, and, and throughout really the book of Ephesus, and he's been doing it largely even since chapter 4, he's saying, you are in Christ and you are in Ephesus, and so now I want you to walk differently because you are different. Walk differently because you are different. You know, I, I want you to, to live differently because you are different. You've been transformed by the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And so I want you to walk differently, talk differently, live differently than the people that are around you. And so I begin in, in chapter 4, 1, by urging them to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which they have been called. Walk in a manner Worthy of the calling to which you have been called. He said, I want, you, I want you to begin this walk by just walking worthy of the calling of God. You know, Michelle was talking a moment ago about what happened here on uh, Saturday night for her and I. And it was just really an outpouring of, of, of God's Spirit upon the two of us. And, you know, we, we left saying, man, I just really, we needed that. We just needed that refreshing as we get ready and prepare to enter into this new year. Uh, knowing that uh, God's presence is more powerful than anything that's around us, than anything that's going on in our world. And, and that we might be reminded again of the calling that God has in our life and that we might walk worthy of that calling. In other words, the conduct of their life, Paul is saying, is really going to make up uh, and impact the community around you. So in 417, you, you might recall that he said, I testify... Uh, in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Those are, that, that's such a, a key word, futility. Our world is walking in futility, right? They're pursuing things that have uh, no uh, end, right? I mean, they, they have no, no reward in the end. We take home nothing. We take, you know, when we end life here, uh, they're not going to carry our title and, and put it with us and, and our home goes with us and this is his car. Um, you know, they don't dig holes that big, do they? And, uh, you know, we, we don't get any of that. We're just stewards here. We're just borrowing things uh, for the moment that we're living here. And Paul says, you know, there's these, these Gentiles are living in futility. They're living like this is all there is. And there's a whole eternity ahead of them. You need to tell them about the eternity because life is here and eternity is way over there. Prepare for what's ahead. Get ready for what's in advance. In other words, you are going to make an impact by the very way that you live your life. 
when they see that you are prioritizing things differently than they are, you prioritize your money, you handle money differently. You handle your values with your children and your family differently. You handle uh, what you do with your calendar differently, right? We raised our kids up and, and we said, you know, uh, we are a family that has put God first. And so we're building our calendar around God, yeah. right? And as they became age, uh, you know, uh, appropriate to go to work, you know, we, we wanted them to go to work. We wanted them to learn about work. Their mom was working in retail at the time. And so she always had opportunities for them with friends of hers where they could go to work, right? And, and uh, in the retail business. Uh, but we told them, you need to tell your bosses they, you don't work on Sunday. Sunday belongs to God. And build your calendar around that. And of course, you know, they wanted our kids to work for them because they were responsible. They showed up. They worked hard. And so they were okay with scratching off one day out of seven and saying, you know what? If you value that and your family values that, then that belongs to you. We'll work you Monday through Saturday, wherever it fits, right? And they never lacked for work. They never got in trouble with an employer. Now, once in a while, they tried to, you know, you'd get a new boss or something, a new uh, assistant manager. They would try to dink around with a schedule, and they would pencil them in for a Sunday. As soon as our kids found out, they said, sorry, can't work on Sunday. You're going to have to find someone else. Like, okay. And they would just erase it and find someone else, right? And if you don't set the priorities for your life, Paul's saying, if you don't know how you're walking, then you're going to look like the rest of the world. You need to walk differently. They need to understand by your walk that you're living a different kind of life. In chapter 5, he's... Uh, you know, and, and so on. The, he's, he's going to say through that uh, in verse 2, we uh, read just a moment ago, walk in love. And then in verse 8, walk in light. And then in verse 15, walk in wisdom. Paul wants them to understand as they, as they walk differently and proclaim, uh, you know, the gospel that they are showing the world that Jesus is alive and well. He's alive and well, and I can see him in your walk. I can see him in the way you talk. I can see him in the way you handle uh, crisis and, and various injurious things that, that come along in your life. I know that Jesus is alive and well because I see him in you. My aunt used to say that the, the Jesus that most, the, the only Jesus most people will see is the Jesus in you. Yeah. Because the Bible is God breathed, and, and that's. Uh, and not simply, you know, a pattern for, for believers to follow. Uh, but Ephesus, you know, is, is a, uh, the believers in circumstances of, of that time, they needed to understand, they needed to walk this out, not just read this, not just have it in, in, in intellectual understanding, but they needed to be able to walk God's word out on a daily basis. Paul says, show the broken the divided, the alienated, those who are lost in identity crisis, show them how to walk. We're a world that's divided. We're a world that's, that's broken. We're a world that's in crisis uh, in uh, so many ways and for so many reasons. And Paul says, show them how to walk. Show them how to walk when people are afraid of a pandemic. Show them how to walk when, when people are afraid for the life of a friend, a loved one, who's in the hospital. 
Show them how to walk when people are afraid for their own livelihood. Show them how to walk when people allow fear to be more powerful than their faith. Show them how to walk. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at what the Bible has to say concerning uh, men and women, husbands and wives, parents and children, what it means to live within the civil uh, jurisdiction of the law, what it means for us to live our lives with awareness of the fact that we're, uh, the real battleground is not physical around us, but it is spiritual wickedness in, in heavenly places. And so I want to encourage you to read ahead, to think and pray. Let's anticipate all that God has in store for us as we begin this journey in the book of Ephesians. Cardinal Savisi uh, made an observation in context of a meeting with a group of priests, and this is what he said, and uh, I wrote it down. I thought it was so powerful, and it's the message, really, of the book of Ephesians. We do not need a church that will move with the world, but a church that will move the world. Amen? Amen? Paul said, you know, I don't, I don't need your intellectual arguments. I need you walking this out. I want to see you walk what you say you believe. I want other people to believe it, not because you said it, but because they saw you live it. Right? And that's the message of Jesus too, isn't it? Jesus said, Father, I do not pray that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one, so that even as I was in the world, so now are they in the world. And then John picks up on this theme in his letters, and he, he essentially says, the way in which an invisible God is made known in the world is through the visibility of Christians who live and love one another and who express that love to those who are actually their enemies. I want to give you some, some closing thoughts along this line because we're always, um, maybe, maybe we, we don't do enough to talk about the how in um, preaching at times. You know, we talk about the why, we talk about the what, but now how. How do I walk in love? And I think all of us would, uh, you know, if we sit here long enough and are really honest about it, would say it's impossible, right? It really is. Because think about this. It's, you know, even among those people that we call easy to love, right? That would be our family, our friends that are close to us, and, you know, they, they think like us, they talk like us, and, and uh, so we would say that's where we would, that's, we do a pretty good job. But if we honestly examine it, we fall short even there, right? We don't even love our family at times like we, we should be loving them. We don't have the, the kind of, of, of reach uh, of love that is Christ-like for them. It's hit and miss at times, right? I mean, I have actually had my wife say to me uh, at, at a point in, in my life, how, how, you know, how is it that you can love everybody else but me? And, and call me to a reckoning of like, wow. This is somebody easy to love, right? This is somebody God's set in my life as a helpy, and I'm not even doing this well. And so I think we could all be honest and say, this is, this is impossible, so how do, how do we do this? Because, 
he says that we should even go as far as loving our enemies. So if we're struggling to love people that are easy to love and that are around us, how, 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 how can we even reach out to the point of loving people who are our enemies? And so Paul, Paul tells us the secret to that in, these, in the opening passage that we read a moment ago. He says, what I, what I want you to do is too hard for you. So I want you to walk with Jesus and empower him in your life. I want you just to mimic Father. Will you just mimic Father? Will you just do what he does? You know how much he loves you and he cares for you. Think about the many times that you've come running to God and, and you needed a check written immediately, you know, maybe not financially, but in some way you needed some kind of miracle, right? A healing, something. And so you come to, to Daddy God, you know, broken, running up to him, got to have it. God, I mean, I can't, it's time is of the essence. Please, God, can you write me a check? He's so happy to see us, isn't he? And instead of reaching for his checkbook, he reaches for us, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, get up here and sit on daddy's lap. Love you so much. We're like, oh, thank you. It feels so good to be loved with a genuine love. God, thank you so much. Hey, I love you. You are welcome here anytime. And he loves us. Too. And in, in a little bit, we, we get up and say, oh, I got something I got to go do. And we run off, you know. And we don't get very far before we realize, oh, I didn't get the check. Right? And so we go running back, Daddy God, did I tell you about what was going on? And instead of reaching for his checkbook, he reaches for us. Get up here and tell me all about it. Yeah, God, I just got to tell you, it's, it's really a crisis. It's a bad situation. I just love you so much. Thank you, God. I love you too. Thank you for loving me. We slip out of his arms again. We wander off. We don't get very many steps. We're like, I didn't get the check. Why doesn't God write the check? We wouldn't come back. And so when finally we can come back in terms of just receiving his love for what it is and granting him permission to rule and reign in our lives. Then he says, by the way, before you leave, I got this check. This will take care of the need. I'm your provider. I'm the one that watches over you. And so the how-to is, God, we just want to mimic you. We just want to follow you. I know how loving you've been to me. So when people come running with a, a crisis or a situation, instead of me trying to fix them, can I just reach out and grab them, touch them and hold them? Instead of trying to fix you, can I, can I love you? Can I care for you? Can I listen to what's going on in your life? Mimic the Father. Love others as He loves you. I'm inviting our worship team to come back. Do what He does. Say what He says. That's the how. That's the how we love. We walk in love with one another. 2022 is now unfolding before us. We haven't been where God's taking us. And Paul is calling us to walk the walk together with the Heavenly Father. Walk like Jesus walks. Love like Jesus loves. Be the light like Jesus is the light. Empower Him. Take each step right beside him, one step after another, you're walking with him and you're allowing him
to rule, to reign, to live through you, to love through you, to minister through you to people who are in need. Would you stand with me as we get ready to close today? We sang the song a moment ago, our, our hands are open, our hearts um, you know, are, are open to God. And that's what I want us to do in this, this moment is just to really literally let that happen. God, we open ourselves to you. Our hands are open. Our hearts are, are open to you. And we invite you to, to come and, and to do the work you need to do inside of us. But we want to also mimic you and do as, as you are doing. To walk the walk that you've called us to walk in front of others. And it begins, Lord, with a full commitment to you. And as we start off 2022, we want to begin by placing you in your rightful place first. All decisions will be made. All calendar events will be put on the calendar based on God is first in our lives. Where we work will be based upon God is first in my life. And he has opened the door for this and made provision through this path. Lord, people that we uh, develop friendships with and relationships with, everything is about you being first and you being honored and glorified. And we thank you, Lord, for that. We invite you to lead and guide and direct in Jesus' name. Amen.